Yes. You say something? Something, something, something. Dooby dooby doo bob. We must be in a brewery owned by Kiwis. Why is that? Because they're playing Fat Freddy's Drop. Oh, right. I don't know who that is, so I'm sure oh, it's really? a Kiwi thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kiwis, you know what I'm talking about. Well, anyone that's been to New Zealand and paid attention to music. Yeah. They put on a great live show, Fat Freddy's Drop. Really? Jeebus, yeah. Anyway. Is, like, Fat Freddy a dude, or is it just a kooky name? Uh, the origin story of the name Fat Freddy's Drop was there was a particular t- kind of LSD that was popular in New Zealand in the early 2000s. So, like, at dance festivals and, and raves, bush doofs, Australians would call them. Right. Uh, Not many Australians, but sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you had um, Fat Freddy's, you were hooked up with oh some good right. LSD. Okay. Um, and and acid is, is pretty big in New Zealand. So when these guys sort of became a, a band growing out of that scene, their name was Fat Freddy's Drop. It's a little bit Ooh. of history that I don't think many people really know. I wasn't expecting it, but I'm glad it came out. This is all uh, anecdotally, of course, second, sure, third hand. Of course hand. it is, yeah. I don't um, think you saw it on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah Wikipedia did it. Uh, I think Fat Freddy might have been a cartoon character in the 70s as well. Ah. Uh, which is, so I think the acid had that, that cartoon Whatever character. Whatever the little logo was, right. Yep. Happy New Year. Likewise, my friend. Did we yeah. even say what the brewery was? No. Oh, we're at Hop Nation Brewery. We are. Um, it's just after New Year's, Dave. It's, it's warm. It is warm. It's warm. And we're upstairs, which in hindsight might have been a bad move. Yeah, but it's I think much it was, warmer up here. Well, that's how it, the heat works. But um, I feel like we made a good move Thanks socially. <laughs> I think we made a good move socially to get out of the way of the operation yep. of business. And it's um, also a good like visual perspective from up here. How was your New Year's and Christmas? Uh, wonderful. So good. I had a great time. Who doesn't love Christmas? Um, I really like Christmas. Yeah, it's everyone's like it's more or less everyone's off at the same time. Yeah. Everyone's happy. You eat a bunch of food. Yeah. It's such a good holiday. Did you um let's keep this beer related. Did you get anything or did you drink anything fun beer related? Uh I don't know. I can't remember. I okay. didn't drink heaps. Uh, right. I think I drank on New Year's Eve. I had a whole bunch of mountain goat summer ale. How's that tasting? Because I haven't had that in a long time. Tasting great. It's a great thing. Like on New Year's Eve, I went to a house party that was a lamb on the spit, make your own uh, kebabs, table tennis table tournament, giant Jenga tournament in a backyard. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Perfect beer to have there. Yeah. It was wonderful. I had such a great time. My New Year's beer... Um, what was the scenario? Backyard, just a really small group of, of friends um, and acquaintances. and you know, your backyard or somewhere else's backyard? Someone else's. And they had, they'd gone down to the local Lebanese bakery and got some sort of Lebanese sort of pizzas nice. and reheated them. And I made some uh, beef and beer sausage rolls. Good. How did they turn out? Oh, delicious. I actually made a mistake because I bought beef mints. Um, Rather than sausage mints? Yeah, because someone was going to make sausage rolls. And I'd already planned to do that. So I'm like, all right, I'll put that on my mind and I'll make I'll little make party pies, little oh, mini okay. pies. And then they pulled out. And you're like, making. Well, we've got to have sausage rolls. Yeah. yeah. So I went to get the mints, pork mints. In my head, I was still buying beef mints. So I bought beef mints and still tasted delicious. Fair um, enough. I used some sort of beer in there. Moobrew single can, I think, in there. Nice. A little bit of that. And it was That's delicious. That's a good beer, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really low key. And I was drinking the um, Colonial... Small ale cans. Great one. Uh, with the Riptop 360 lid where it's just like becomes a cup. They went down a real treat. And Hawker's Pilsner. Like nice one. Uh, day before New Year's Eve, I 
Um, just some backstory that no one cares about. Uh, one person. I care, Dave. Well, one person that go, goes to those table tennis table tournaments wins consistently, and it's very annoying. So I invited the host of the party to come to my house the day prior, and we had some practice. I had some barbecue and beers, and I was drinking Pirate Life Pale all day that day. Yep. Delicious. Awesome. It was such a good, like, oh, gee, I was happy with it. Yeah. That's one of your favorite beers of all time, though, right? Uh, I think that IPA's taken over okay. a little bit. Because uh, I haven't had it in ages. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I, like, I'm not going to even tell you the story because it's right. about what I buy in a bottle shop, which is boring. Um, um, but I had a great time, great festive season. We're recording this on a Friday, my last day of leave before yeah. I went to work. So I've had a very slothful um, two weeks. Excellent. it's been very enjoyable. Excellent. Yeah, I've kind of been working off and on the whole time. Um, but... You know, I'm a freelancer. I'm always on holiday and yep. I'm always working. Yep. Oh, I did start uh, a real job and we should probably give a shout out. Um, really? Doing some shifts at Otter's Promise, a uh, new bottle shop in Armadale. Our friend uh, Dan has opened that up. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful looking space as well. It's an awesome little spot. Uh, he's going to get taps to drink in very soon. Just waiting on licenses to come through. But if you know anyone in Armadale, uh, there's nothing craft beery around nope. there at all. Nope. Uh, it's yeah, like north of Grape and Green and Moorabbin and south of the river. Yeah, not much around. Yeah, um, so it's a great spot. Yeah, and um, yeah, we're gonna get. He's gonna get eight taps. Got some good wine. Really, really nice promising. Um, really promising space on the footpath for some outside drinking. So I think it's gonna be a good venue. Plus, you get to to say hi to me. Too right. Um, how is it like? What skills did you have and not have for the job? As in, how did I get a job like that? No, no, I know how you got it, but like when you got there, you went, "Oh, I don't know how to do this." Or uh, like no, I think I'm doing this. Yeah. yeah, it's just retail. I used to work. Um, I managed a bar for a couple of years. Right. And I've worked. Behind but I wouldn't it. have had like retail sales there, right? So you wouldn't have had just stock take stuff or anything like that, right? Uh, or does Dan do all that hard yeah, stuff? Yeah, he's done all that yeah, stuff. Okay. I mean, I think the only because it's been over a decade since I was behind a counter uh, and new point of sale systems where you you gun everything and you. I guess that's probably all pretty new. How did you do it? Uh, fuck, I worked in a CD store for ages, so I can't remember even how we did it. We just looked at the sticker price, maybe. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but this is all, you know, iPad, Thingo. And you know those new Commonwealth Bank? Yeah, uh, yeah, F-Plus the uh, PayWave things, yeah. It's like a little iPad, um, but it brings the receipt up on the screen, and when it prints the receipt, the receipt moves off the screen like that's it's so printing. futuristic. Yeah, it looks really cool. Next time you see one, uh, have a look. Pay it's really fun to look yeah. at. Yeah. Uh, I've got some news. I imagine it's really fun the first time, right? And then no, I still enjoy diminishes? it. Diminishes? No, I, okay. I'm still right. really enjoying it. Although the How many times I have you seen it happen? Oh, like a lot. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess the one thing that kind of annoys me is they're a little bit out of sync. Ah, uh, boo. Yeah, yeah, Get it right. Yeah. Anyway, what's your news? All right, let's do some news. Not heaps of news because it's New Year's. No, I thought you were just excited about... Oh, is this what you're leading into? Oh, did I have something else to say? You like Your face lit up and you went, oh, I have some news. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just in general, I've got oh, news. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, I went to write down the news. I keep a note on on my phone here. Sure. And the, I already had a note open uh, that was Ricky Ponting's vasectomy. Okay. And I was like, why have I made that note? Um, I think because he was commentating on the cricket the other day and he l- alluded to getting a vasectomy. Really? And it got really, really in-depth. And I was like, I need to write that down and remember it because it was really weird. So I wrote it down and that was my top note. Interesting. Yeah. Do you want to know a funny story? Just sure. like, semi-related to that? One day when I was a uh, probably 21-year-old, 22-year-old kid, 
I woke up from a very big night, hungover, and I looked at my phone, and I looked. The story at, could go anywhere, right? It definitely now. could. And I looked at my phone to see what like was going on with it, and I opened up my notes, and I had a note saved that said, "Robert Hunter, NATO." Whoa! Don't know what that means. I've googled that. Doesn't bring up any results. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. The the note on the phone is yeah. That's a that's a serious one. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what's the first item in news? All right. Oh, um, besides Ricky Ponting's Ricky Ponting's yeah. me. Um, VB. They were uh, on the cricket the other day where, you know, Bob Hawke, Prime Minister yep. Bob Hawke. Famous for just crushing beer yeah, at will. I think yeah. he have a world record for sculling, sculling yeah, a beer. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yep. He was on the cricket the other day and he, he appeared on the big screen with a beer Seems in his hand. Seems to be his annual, yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. He, he chopped down a beer. What is he? 88, 88 years old, 88. yeah. Um, during that, when that happened, it cut to a shot of the big screen in quite a nice angle, like not even a standard cricket or big screen So angle. definitely set up? Don't know, but on the big screen it had, yeah, VB signage all around it as he's chopping this beer. Uh, I don't know if it was completely set up. I think maybe a canny fl- uh, director, uh, what are they called, floor producer or whatever sure. they're called. Um, okay, it's interesting you say that, right? Because I didn't see that live. But I saw a replay of that, and I assumed it was doctored by Channel Nine. Yeah, but that's how it happened. That's live. how it happened live. Wow, yeah. that's and that so is uncanny. Whether or not it was set up by Channel Nine and VB, um, which could be, they sure. could be, they could be in a lot of trouble for that. Um, if they, I, I don't think it probably would be. But I think what happened was someone in the, you know, the director or whatever at the time went, camera ten, get to it, it now because yeah. they're a sponsor. Um, and it was a perfect VB ad of him sculling a beer surrounded by VB signage. Uh, and it got replayed. I'm, I'm almost certain it probably wasn't a VB as well. Yeah. No, definitely not. And it got replayed around um, like on all the TV news. Sure, Every yeah. TV news carried it. It went Same online. Same thing happened last year. Do you remember that? He was walking past the Richie Benno's. Yeah, yeah. And they said, they gave him a, because uh, his party trick is that he yeah, loves yeah. to scull beer. They gave him a full cup of it and yeah. he did it. Someone got it on camera footage and that went, that caught yeah. fire. Yeah. So, whether or not they looked at that and said, let's make this happen for VB. Um, interesting. But I do like know... The one thing that I noticed, I said to my housemate about, like, the response that it got, like, on the screen, everyone clapping. There was, I think it was Darren Lehman and Steve Smith were, like, on camera, like, laughing and clapping. I was like, I don't know, that's a great look for, like, not drinking culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's probably, people would say... you bloody wowzers but I agree it's not a great look for drinking yeah. culture um, and that's why there are laws around those advertising fit. but like I don't mind it actually happening because do no. whatever you want but like for to make it a focus yeah that's yeah I, I didn't have that much of a problem with um, last year because it was very candid yeah it was a, someone's uh, iPhone footage or whatever yeah it was Hawk doing what he wants it's fine whatever it went viral maybe not a great look but fine but like it was so like clean and seemed deliver it this time that I was like yeah yeah okay now I'm thinking yeah. it was set up yeah um, and interestingly enough uh, what, what would happen now um, is Channel 9 would have ordered all that footage they would know how much like cost analysis cost yep. benefit they got from that footage sure um, they'd probably order a report from the company that I used to work for um, so even if it wasn't intentional they know exactly how much that yep. was worth to them someone is getting a very big bonus yep. for that um, very interesting or someone that same person is either getting a big bonus or getting fired. Definitely Depending not getting on fired. That is 
marketing gold. You reckon so? Because yeah. it's not obvious that the only way they get fired is... So Joe the cameraman, when well, I'm prepared to say Shane Warne blatantly said that Scott Mullow can't bowl, can't throw, audibly on the microphone, then just... Joe the cameraman took the fall for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not. No, nah, no way. That is, um, Channel 9 are happy, VB are happy, everyone is happy in this scenario. All Probably. Right. Even if there's like a backlash over drinking. There won't be. Guaranteed okay. there won't be. Um, All right, yeah, in that case, I'm, yeah, I definitely agree. Okay. I'm sweating. From VB to, yeah, I'm getting a bit sweaty. Yeah. Uh, sorry, listeners, you yeah, don't need to right. have sweat. I'm not sweating on VB my to um, Rodenbach. Rodenbach Alexander's been released here. I don't know what that is. So, 1989 and 1999, they released very small amounts of Alexander. Um, and it, it's one of the most sort of sought after slash what is um, it? revered. It's a, I think it's Rodenbach, um, a version of Rodenbach. I don't know how, you know how old it is or whatever. Aged on cherries, I think. Uh, a particular anniversary beer for... Yep. What happened in 2009? Um, I think it's an anniversary, 1999. I don't know why they didn't do it in 2009. Oh, I don't know the history. You said 89, 99, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know what, why they didn't do it in okay. 2009. Um, but very small amounts, and it became this kind of sought-after legendary beer. They've just released it here in Australia. Wow. Uh, well, sorry, it's been released globally, but it's popped up in Australia for the first time officially. Have you um, secured yourself a bottle of it? No, but there's plenty of bottles around. Oh. I get the sense they've made a f- shitload of it. There's kegs gone on at Carwin. Oh. Um, uh, boring, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Snooze. Trade but for it or forget about it, yeah. I, I guess it's interesting. The reason I'm bringing it up is people are trying to, oh, Alexander, this, you know, perfect rate beer score Who's? and stuff. On social media and... and Who on social media, though? Oh, people, the people that are selling people, it or people that... People selling it a lot, but also chatting to people. But, um, yeah, it's interesting seeing a brewery like Rodenbach, which we love, uh, getting back into... You know, getting like that sort of hype release, and yeah. Yeah. putting uh, their big boy shoes on. Yeah. But if you see it, don't panic. There's plenty around by the looks of it. That's all I had on that one. Fair enough. Um, that was a good one. We haven't mentioned CBIA yet. Go for it. Um, Craft Beer Industry Association. You know, like since we did our last show, I haven't paid attention to anything. So like this is news to me. So not much has happened to be honest. Right. Um, I think this might have even happened before our last show. They have announced that they're gonna phase out the big brewers from the industry association here in Australia. Sure. So what constitutes a big brewer? Don't know if they've said officially. They're still looking at um, they've got lawyers involved to how they can un- yeah, uh, okay. roll it back. Surely um, it would be like independently owned. I think it's going to be. Um, whether or not it's 25% in line with the US Brewers Association but yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, it's probably a good thing. Little yeah, creatures in so. Mountain Goat don't need the support. They no, they don't need it. Yeah. Chatting to Dave from Mountain Goat um, recently and he was on the board and when they got bought out, he kind of made a conscious decision to step back. Yep. Um, he still helped out with all the organising. Sure. So, but he was kind of aware of the perception. So it was a good egg. Yeah. Uh, Crafty Pint did a good wrap-up of 2016. What did he say? I didn't uh, see anything. Predictions for 2017. All right. What did he think? Can't remember. All right. Um, Check it out, though. But it was great. It was a good right. read. Uh, read that, everyone. I'll put a link. Bond Brothers. Do you know what Bond Brothers Bond is? Bond Brothers? Yep. No. From CUB. Have we talked about this yet? Don't think so. So CUB have put out a new um, brewery brand. It's still labelled CUB. Yeah. But basically it's a tap pouring a basic, I think a lager or a pale ale. There's no indication of what it is yet. And on the tap handle it's got a little trailer, like a, a 
like a seventy style trailer. I don't like know a camper van kind of thing. Yeah, okay. And that's on the tap thing. It's got Bond Brothers little CUB logo on the, on the on the wheel, and then it's got a little chalkboard hanging off the tap, and you can add your flavour to the beer. So there's like honey flavour, raspberry, and three others. Who gives a shit? Is it Randall? No, they're little pods, little flavour pods. Oh. There. And it's been lo- rolled out really quietly. Like three or four pubs have it. Um, they haven't publicised it yet. But apparently someone went there and they're doing like a little survey of, have you tried it yet? Is, do you think that's like when you, um, when a government passes, like, passes an unpopular law and they like announce it at like midnight? So like there's the least amount of attention around it. I think they're trying to work out if it, it's, it's market What's research. the pod? Do, I haven't seen the pod. Like in I, essence? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Okay. I what know that when I, yeah, yeah. when I chatted to them a while ago, they wanted to do... Matilda Bay, uh, sorry, Bee's Knees with different honeys. Yeah, but like, and I think this is what the interesting element of that is brewing it with different honey. So I think what came out of that was this, because they worked out using two. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, Anyway, if you see it, try it. Let us know. Um, Yeah, okay. If you if you have to, let us know. Yeah. Mm, Hottest one hundred voting. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's the Gab's Hottest 100 it's the here Australia, in Australia Day mirror of they what? Do a is New it Zealand not? one as well. Oh, so just since... Well, this since year. they took the Gab's Festival yeah, yeah. to... Because uh, it's, it's become... Because it used to be the local tap house Hottest 100. Mm-hmm. It's since sp- uh, been assumed under the Gab's yep. brand. And because that went to New Zealand, they're taking the whole yep. thing to New Zealand. Which is a fun thing, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Um, one of the things I've seen a lot of people complaining about is breweries not adding their beers. Right. And I've had a little bit of insight to this, but... Um, and then I've seen brewers saying, you know, it's not really worth it for us. You know, we don't get much marketing out of it. Blah, blah, blah. I think that's crazy. I think it is stone-cold crazy. Um, well, so, so brewers are asked to add their own beers to this so people can then vote on those beers. It takes But saying it's not worth it, it is crazy minutes. because, like, friends to the show... Two years in a row, 2015, Wolf of the Willows, Newcomers, XPA, got some hype, snuck into 100. Bad Shepherd, Hazelnut, Br- Hazelnut Brown, brand new beer, snuck in at 100. So, like, it gets it going. And it's free marketing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it get, this, this now, particularly now, the Age and the Herald Sun will pick up the story of it. Yep. And chances are they'll publish at least on their website for thirty minutes out of your day to give yourself some chance. If you think of it takes thirty there, minutes as well, you are joking. yeah, not even yeah. that. Um, so for breweries to say you know it's not that important and you know oh we, we missed it and I, I understand that everyone's busy that's that's completely understandable. Yep. No, if I hear that, I think I don't get it. Pay someone fucking give someone a six pack to just put your beers in. Um, I don't I don't get why people go against free marketing. Whether or not you think it's a good survey whether or not you think the same beers always win that's fine but the very minimal you might get out of it is, is free marketing yep just do it yeah so next year take. I'm enjoying seeing like the different approaches these days that brands are taking well, we, we touched like, on this in the main interview yeah. as well and I noticed a lot of brands are pushing one yeah like their most popular beer I was at Bad Shepherd last night yeah. and plastered over most of the walls is like get in and vote for Hazelnut Brown Get Great. behind it, yeah. The swing states almost. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what Hillary Clinton should have used. Yeah, exactly. Some, a little bit of politics. Or she went with Jay-Z, and yeah, that's why. 
I don't have anything else. Oh, I've actually got Mountain Goat Blood Orange. I just wrote it down because I really enjoyed it. Did we talk about that on mic or off mic? Off mic. Off mic. Um, and it goes against everything we've talked about IPAs. And I got a free bottle, so full disclosure. Yeah. Fucking loved it. Yeah. It was delicious. It was so really I'm, good. I'm still yet to try it, but like I snarkily wrote an email to you when I read the description thinking that it's not going to be something that I like. And then you got a freebie and went, hang on, delicious. Yeah, that's so delicious. So I'll, I'll pick it up now. So um, fair play, Mountain Goat. All right, let's... Uh, have a break? Yeah, and then we'll throw to... chop, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then we'll throw to Sam and Dunk from Hop Nation where we they give us a bit of story of how they got started yeah, and what they're up to. Excuse the, the truck at the start, if Here you can, a, yeah. please. There's a truck. Annoying um, fish truck. Annoyingly close. Powered yeah. on. Yeah, we powered through it. I think I it was, think it was right. a good chat. Also, um, uh, Duncan was brewing the whole time, so he sort of like kept checking in with the show. And then towards the end... Uh, we ran overtime, so the venue opened. So Sam had to attend to some patrons, which so is a good thing because you know people definitely. coming in the door. So uh, bear with that, but it's a good chat and enjoy it. Right. See you at the end of the show for some recommendations. Welcome, Pop Nation. It's How are we? Hot. Very hot. Uh, I biked down here, and Sam, you're sweating as well. You've yeah, been out running with the dog. I walked the from the out. station, and I'm sweating, yeah. so it doesn't <laughs> take much. Yeah. We're in the heart of the heat wave. Yeah. Um, so that voice you hear is, is Sam from Hop Nation, uh, and Dunk is going to pop in and out yeah. <laughs> from Hop Nation. Hey, Dunk. Hey, so how's it going? What are you Warm doing? You're popping brewing, in and out. Yeah. I'm popping in and out. I'm just uh, finishing the brew off around the back there on a sweaty, hot day. Um, so Hop Nation here in Footscray. How long have you guys been set up here in Footscray? Um, so we started setting up at the start of the year, um, got the lease on this factory and um, yeah, set the brew house up soon after that and then we've opened up the front of house, the bar, about four months ago now. Awesome. Yeah. So conveniently timed trucks just yeah. pulled up behind um, us. Yeah, delivering some seafood across the way. Yeah, it's a bit of a sort of industrial area, not too far from Footscray Station and Seddon Station, but not super like central shopping wise. What's around here? Um, so. We're kind of in the industrial area, just outside, I guess, suburbia of Footscray. Um, around us, we've got four fishmongers and a couple of engineers. And um, yeah, I mean, this building's had a long history. It's, you know, a couple of hundred years old now. And um, we took it over from a photography studio and um, set up the old sawmill brewery from New Zealand that we um, cut up and shipped over um, at the start of 2016. Yeah. Uh, oil whale blubber was yeah. So originally, there's a lot of stories that go around this building, but there's a stain on the roof above us, um, and apparently back in the 1880s, they used to bring whales in from the port and render their fat down into candles and wax, and um, yeah, the blubber pot was in the corner above where the bathrooms are now. Ever thought about doing a whale blubber inspired beer? Yeah, <laughs> just not that easy to get at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a Japanese head to Japan and <laughs> talk to your fishmonger neighbours yeah. and they'll yeah. sort you right I'm out, sure I think. Yeah. Sell us some trademark tuna. Um, so we chatted to Dunk Gabs, I think. Yeah, just um, a little brief chat. Yeah, but can you give us a bit of background of how you guys ended up starting a, a brewery? Um, well, I guess we, you know, I mean, as many people do, we were gypsy brewing um, in 2015. Um, we both have. Um, I guess we're both trained and practiced um, winemakers by trade, um, which we've worked in quite a few different places and back over in New Zealand where we 
um, we're working in you know close by wineries. Um, we we were brewing on the side, and there was always a bit of a competitive um, local um, home brew scene between Arrowtown and Cromwell. And um, yeah, we had um, just a bit of fun brewing different things. And um, I guess we had a few recipes. And then um, Duncan was over making wine in Canada, and I moved over down the peninsula, Mornington Peninsula, and we started talking. And then we kind of launched a couple of ideas, and Hop Nation, you know, the idea started with a couple of emails, a few phone calls, and in 2014 and then yeah the ball's been rolling ever since you released the fiend to start off with yeah so um so australian ipa so um yeah all australian hopped ipa it was a recipe that we messed around with for years and um we were looking at you know the the i guess the origin and and varieties of hops and what they can do and styles that cr- they can react can create and we started with the australian hopped ipa and then we've um, released some single um, country of origin hop beers since then, yeah. So they just kind of small batch keg stuff. Um, initially, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a you know a two hundred liter pot in the corner of the winery, and um, I mean we had access to all the cooling and things, which made it a bit easier. But yeah, I mean it's very much barbecue beers and brewing type of scenario. Yeah. What sparked all the homebrew um, during the winemaking? How did you get um, started? There's a there's a few months in the winery that there's downtime through winter. And um, there's all this stuff around, and we obviously didn't mind, uh, you know, making things and drinking beer, and um, you know, it's more of a why not, why aren't we doing this type of thing? And um, yeah, there's not too many breweries in that part of New Zealand, is there, at the moment? Um, not since we left, but there's a couple around now. I mean, Dunedin obviously um, started like Emerson's, with, yeah. yeah, with with almost the origin, and a few breweries have been through that area. Um, I mean, the towns are all five six thousand people so yeah. there's only so much that goes on if that makes sense yeah. we, when we went to queenstown just over a year ago i think it was oh maybe two years ago just surprised how how few craft local craft beers or just any sort of craft beers around sort of in queenstown and you know it almost seemed ripe for something happening there any so have you got any thoughts of uh you know setting up something over, um, over that way at any point no i mean i'm sure Duncan really wants to send beer over there to keep his family happy, I think. But um, no, not not particularly. We've got a few other projects that we're looking at before that. Um, Can you... Uh, oh, we're looking at a um, couple of different areas to grow hops. Um, we've, yeah, also got a lease on a vineyard as well. Yeah. And so would that be under the Hop Nation oh, brand uh, or how yeah. would that work? It would spawn off it, yeah. Great uh, Nation or something? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> So the love of winemaking is, is still there? Um, yeah, of course. We've, yeah, it's still an interest and it's something we've done for more than 10 years each. So, um, I mean, beer is definitely the focus, but it's always fun to, you know, have our own wine at the bar as well. Things like that. So have you got your own wine at the bar? At the um, uh, I think there is one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're kind of... Give it a plug. Is it? Is all, it the, um, all the wines that we have are pretty much friends. Um, the main one we sell is... Um, from Macedon, he takes all our grain, feeds his cows, um, um, so kind of like a nice cycle. We buy his wine. Yeah. So, what's your approach to, to brewing beer? Um, you know, it kind of when sort of winemakers come into beer, generally it, it's either barrels or um, down the line lagers, based on Peroni is kind of the uh, the winemakers love. But but you guys have um, you know started with an IPA and there's 
uh, American red on there and a Pilsner. So I guess what's your approach in that? Um, I guess it's a combination of what we like to drink, make, and also, you know, what we know. So, I mean, we do... I mean, our barrel program's pretty much limited by space at the moment, but we have a few different things on the go. Um, we're still, you know, we've got the Kalash again this year and a few different sours in barrel, but, I mean, we, you know, enjoy the pills and obviously, you know, a popular one for us and it's one that's accessible for everybody, especially here at the tasting room. Is that what you sell more of? Over the um, yeah, I mean, yeah, by, by volume, yeah, people enjoy a few and people that, you do get a lot of people that come in and say, I drink VB, what's your closest one? And always, you know, recommend them to the Pilsner and they often, you know, often happy. Yeah, it's good. And they'll stick to that or do they ever kind of... Um, well, it's interesting. We, you know, like the um, the fisheries down here, they're a big group of Japanese guys. First time they came in, they were, you know, hesitant. And now, you know, when we release a new IPA or something, that's, you know, straight, can I have a pint? And they love it, you know. They've, you know, it's amazing how when people start, they can't stop. But yeah. um, we definitely are hop focused, and um, you know, IPAs will definitely be a strong part of our beer range. Yeah, is that fun to see people coming in and taking that journey? Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you know something like a ten percent imperial barrel aged stouts on there, and and they don't drink that much beer, and they love it. And you're like, okay, that's good. <laughs> Straight in the deep end. What sort of demo do you get here? Um, we get a lot of um, young families. Um, you know, there's a, you know on a on a Saturday afternoon there's prams, dogs, a lot of people just hanging out and relaxing. Um, we get all age groups. Yeah, 40, 50, um, Not not too many younger younger people, um, but um, it really is range. We're, like we were a little bit surprised on how relaxed the kind of and just everyday people coming and having a beer and enjoying themselves. Yeah, it's good. There's that kind of weird um, perception of breweries being sort of young people hanging out and getting wanky about beer, but you know you go to a, a brewery in Melbourne, a brew bar, and it's it's not that as you said, it's kind of 40, 50 year olds, and and some people get sort of young families and everyone enjoys. I think you know often it can be the case where the you know husband or wife instead of saying let's just go down to the pub for a beer, if they say let's go down and see what's at the brewery and hang out at. It's almost like something to do and they get tasting paddles and they talk about it, and grab something to eat, hang out and then do something for the rest of the day, yeah. Now, we mentioned uh, being in Footscray and you've done a couple of collabs as well. You did one with Up and Smoke, uh, the local barbecue place. Uh, was it Smoked, smoked Hops? Was yeah, that so we, we took over um, some hot flowers and some malt and they cold smoked the hot flowers in their cold smoker and hot smoked some of the malt. And then we brought it back here and the guys came over and, you know, we had made a day of it, something to eat, a few beers and, and brewed with it and made a smoked red ale. Um, and they matched some food with it over there. And I think it's all got, but gone now, but, um, you know, it's good exercise. They had fun and um, it was interesting for us to make a smoked red. We haven't made one before. So. How did it turn out? Um, people enjoyed it. Yeah. We Is it still on down at the... Um, I'm not 100% sure if it's on down there, but we, yeah, we poured out of it here a while back. Yeah. Um, um, and you've done other collabs as well with some other breweries. Um, is that kind of a conscious thing to sort of reach out and collaborate, or how does that come about? Um, it's just one of those things that it's good fun, and it's you know it's you make something different, you make something one off, and um, yeah, we've got a couple more collaborations coming up, and um, yeah, we'll continue to whether it's with a, another brewery or another bar or for an event. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it gets two minds together or three minds together and you just, you know, you have a go and something something comes out of it, whether it's good or bad. It's interesting at least, yeah. You mentioned that um, your barrel program is limited to the space you have. The first thing I noticed when I walked in is the place is filled up quick. How is it? Ch- how has um, your setup changed since you sort of first moved in? Um, I guess we always were going to get some couple of new fermenters which have arrived. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always evolving. We have, um, we yeah, we're working on getting some more storage just for dry goods and things, and and just getting our logistics kind of fine tuned. Just so great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we have a lot of space, but then when we want to open the bar, we need to move it all out. So that's what we've been doing this morning. So, when the bar's not open, this where we're sitting now, and I'll probably put a photo up. Uh, is normally full of equipment yeah. and stuff. Yeah, just dry goods and whatever's happening at the time. Yeah. Is that a pain in the ass? Um, you get pretty good on the forklift turning on a spot, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a few little dents in the walls, as you can see, from um, spinning, <laughs> spinning around. Because it is a you know, relatively small small space. Um, <laughs> Dunk is yelling from something from the side about... <laughs> <laughs> Only on the microphone, Dunk. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to brag, you're just going to want to get recorded. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as anyone listening is concerned, Sam's a great forklift driver, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not a huge space. Um, how did you sort of come about finding the space? And, and um, I mean, we were looking around for quite a while, and it was actually advertised on um, real estate site, and we came and checked it out, and it um, kind of suited what we were looking for at the time. Uh, um, yeah, obviously, we were on when we started. We were starting from you know a very tight budget and and time time frame and things, so. You know, you sometimes you just got to jump in there and start making things happen. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's, the, it's an old story. Maybe more space is better, but more space is more expensive. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. <laughs> um, I remember talking uh, at your launch, and or maybe even before the, the launch, uh, and y- you had a few like um, electrical issues that weren't forecast. How, how do you deal with that sort of stuff when I assume you're on a shoestring anyway? Um, yeah, it blew the budget out a little bit and we're still actually working through it. But, I mean, we had a, you know, a great company that helped us through it. Obviously not cheap, but they're good. And they, without them, we, you know, would still be messing around. But, um, yeah, that it's one of those things when, yeah, everyone has their hurdles and power was definitely one of ours when we were setting up, yeah. Would you... Um like, what would you have done differently had you known that would come up? Could you have done anything different? It was just one of those things. Oh, you know, you can always hire more experts to, but, you know, then you've got to pay everyone. So you, you sometimes you just got to work through it. Yeah. And, try, and hopefully the advice you're getting is the right advice. Yeah. Um, who staffs the bar? It's mostly you guys behind the bar whenever um, you Yeah, we have um, some casuals. Um, but, yeah, it's usually always one of us here. Yeah. Um, that's something this year we're working on is getting some good staff on board. Um, you know, as we grow and settle, we yeah, the team will grow as well. How do many hours do you open here, sorry, a week? Um, so we open t- um, 3 till 10 Friday, 12 till 10 Saturday, and 12 till 6 Sunday. Yeah. It's, um, I always keep saying you know, we should come down because, as I said, I, I live not too far on the bike path. So I think now that New Year's is done, biking down here is going to be a Sunday afternoon 
you know, beer because good idea. So close to the bike path. Um, I guess if you're living in anywhere in Melbourne, you can kind of get here really accessibly, which is yeah. Um, that's something um, we were surprised by when we set up. I bought one bike rack, and then um, on the first weekend, I looked outside and there's 20 bikes leaning up <laughs> on the wall. So I thought, shit, I better order a couple more. Is that okay um, with like the neighbours and stuff having bikes lined up? Oh, it depends which neighbour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's always that one neighbour, but um, we're working through it. Right, right. <laughs> I won't ask any more about that one. Um, now, the beer that any listener knows that, that we've gone on a lot about on the show yep. um, is the Chop. Well, the, I guess the first iteration of that was the, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it was the, the Dawn, yeah. The Dawn. And so, can you tell us sort of about the, those two beers and how they changed? Um, well, the Dawn kind of came about, we had the... Um, brew house and we'd done a couple of water brews once we were set up and um, it was kind of Duncan's um, motivation but he thought let's just do a, um, a, a big um, IPA to start with um, just to test out the equipment. Didn't, he didn't just might as well go for it rather. Yeah so instead of doing one of our cores and um, it um, you know turned out quite good so we um, we wanted to keep doing it but a couple of the hops in it are too rare to too hard to get to base a um, core beer on so we tweaked it a little bit and um, you know then the chop kind of came about and you know it was one we wanted kind of a nice crisp malt base without some of the big kind of crystally IPAs um, and um, yeah I guess yeah it's kind of I'll give credit to Duncan on that one but his inspiration from some of the beers that you know we like and and that's um, sort of the you call this east coast west coast sort of hybrid yeah, well, I mean, it was. It has a haze to it. It's light and crystal. It depends on who you talk to, whether what's West Coast and East Coast. So, we find if you call a beer, uh, say an East Coast IPA, people get too critical of it. If you just call it like you're inspired from, you know, some of the great IPAs of America, um, then people, you know, are a little bit more open-minded and. Um, you know, I think you've got to be a little bit open-minded when you're trying beers, especially when, you know, people, are, you know, they're not a set style. Hmm. Um, and that's hopped throughout fermentation. Is that the, the process um, of that one? Or is yeah, it, it's, it has two dry hoppings, yeah. One one um, at the end of fermentation and one on crash as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. And quite a lot of hops, yeah. yeah. What it's hops a, do you use in it? Um, it's, a, it's a mission to clean out. Um <laughs> Citrus, Imco, Cascade, Mosaic. Yeah, all American hops. Because the first one used Nelson Savon, is that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's a fantastic, unique hop. Um, And we're going to keep using it because, you know, it's awesome. Um, But we will just use it in specialties. Yeah, so we've got one coming up, actually. Um, We've got a bunch of Nelson in the fridge, and we'll be doing that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Is it hard to get hops as a small brewery? Um, you know, contracts and, and supply is a big sort of buzzword the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always ongoing. Um, a lot of it's relationships and just keeping on the ball and what's happening and what's selling and and letting them know where you're at. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely companies out there that, that um, you know, use their quantity to get what they want. But yep. I mean, yeah. So you guys haven't had too much trouble getting... Oh, uh, there's... Oh, there's some. There's been some um, interesting phone conversations, but yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we haven't had to. I mean, we've had to tweak recipes, um, and also hops change over the year and and between vintages. 
we've tweaked recipes, but I mean that's everyone. It's knows ca- that. It's kind of part of craft beer, right? It's yeah, yeah, always evolving. And um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a very much a something we have to be aware of, and and you know all our suppliers, you know everyone's trying to make it easier, but it's it'll take a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, Dunks just poured a put a beer in front of us, and I smelled it. I don't think it's yours, no, uh, it's by the smell not. of it. Yeah. Uh, you have three guest taps here. The um, one of them's the Boone two-year photo lambic. Um, tell us about guest taps. What do you? What's your approach with those? Because you always have three on. Um, it depends between usually between two and three, depending how many beers we're pouring. Um, they're just to cover some styles that we don't have on at, a t- at the time, and typically it's a there's an international sour on there because not only do some of our customers like it, but keep staff happy. And um, and then it depends, yeah. Like often, sometimes we're swapping kegs with other local breweries. Sometimes we're getting something international, just so you know we can have a look at it as well and variety, keeps yeah. the regulars, yeah, interested when they pop in, try something new. Is that a the relationship between other breweries, um, you know, swapping kegs? Is that kind of good to have that support, knowing that other people are in the same boat and doing the same things as you? Um, yeah, I mean it's great. It's easy, like. It's no paperwork, and you get to try a new beer, and <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it works well. Bit of you know local promotion as well for another local brewery. Yeah. What's your um, feedback been so far with the chop? It's quite fire a little bit, hey? Um, yeah, the chop's been great. I mean, we've like when we released our first beer, we pretty much the Australian IPA. It was more of a, it's more of a you know it's a hoppy pale ale, uh, you know a session IPA, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we always wanted to get our true IPA out there, but it's just it was just managed by funds and timing and things. So we got a couple of other beers out first, and we finally got it out. But um, yeah, I mean, we're getting some great feedback on it, and yeah, it's it's been yeah a good release. Mm. Yeah, it was happy. my favorite beer of the whole year. So uh, oh, sweet, I love Cheers, it. Mate. Yeah, um, I just Snapchatted the the brewery and I got a reply from someone you guys still shilling for Hop Nation, <laughs> uh, which is how much we've talked about the chop on the show. But you know, it's it's good as as drinkers and I guess commentators getting fresh local IPAs to that that bright fruity and not that crystal heavy um, thing and you know having a local uh, brewery that's doing it is, is really good. And also doing cannibals, um, you know, how's that going for you? Do you, do you sell a lot of cannibals? Um, yeah, the cannibals are great. I mean, you just exclaimed, Dave. What about that? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I'm doing that today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You'd be walking out with Definitely, a cannibal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the cannibals, uh, which have a canning machine the one liter cans and we can fill up any of our beers and cleaning specialties and people take them home and um yeah just tell it do you, do you sell many yeah no they they tick through well i mean probably by you know volume as much as our package out of the takeaway fridge now so yeah i mean people people like it know it's fresh i mean that's something with the ipa people people have a great memory of the usa or something and they say um you know this this beer tastes so fresh and you know I would just say it's because you're kind of meant to drink IPAs without you know them leaving the building and mm. stayed you know they're cold the whole time straight from you know nice and fresh I had a <coughs> Ballast Point sculpin the other day from Dan Murphy's um, I think it was only four months old but it, it had picked up that caramelly just just sort of dull thing and it just hammered home to me because I haven't been drinking many US IPAs at all lately or if any and just hammered home to me how important it is to, to yeah, get that. Yeah, there's that some freshness. people bringing in fresh American beers now. Though, so a lot of mm. them are, are great, but you just got to be careful because some of them aren't meant 
to taste like that. And yeah. Dunk. Yes. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> what have you been doing? I've just been. We're doing the runoff and the boil right now. So brew, what are you brewing? Brewing the fiend today. Yeah. Yeah. Warm day for it. Yeah, it's a warm day. For <laughs> <me>. <laughs> How much um, in terms of your package? Do you selling? I guess what's what's selling the most in packaged? It actually, it's almost pretty even between um, fiend and pilsner. Pilsner, um, yeah. I mean, during summer the pilsner really moves. Um, coming through autumn, and you know the the American red, the buzz moves. So um, yeah, it's definitely seasonal, but um, they're all ticking through. Um, and you've, so you've got the four core beers. Is that kind of the plan to stick with four and keep doing seasonals, or are you going to mix it up? You just shook your head yeah, <laughs> <laughs> almost unnoticeably, <laughs> but I saw it. Twinkle in his eye, he's got grand plan. <laughs> no, no, we definitely want to release a few more core beers. We've got a few kind of thoughts. We were thinking we need like a mid-strength or something like alcohol, but flavoursome. Um, we need like a all-time stout or any day stout or a porter or something like that, black IPA, um, to kind of fill out the range. And then we want to, I think, hope, well, it's just kind of a plan, but maybe get a goes in there as well as a full-time beer. And then after that, just keep releasing fun, cool stuff. Because you've got a gozer on tap at the moment, the mango? The mango goes. Is that yeah. a kind of a, a test run or is that? Yeah, it's a test run, bit of a play around, see how it works. How did you do that? How do you get the mangoes in it? So we um, got mango puree from Queensland. So it's fresh mangoes, but pureed up. Um, we added, yeah, a shitload of them to a tank. <laughs> Overflowed the tank, stuff went everywhere. It's a bit of fun. Um, but we wanted it to be like a real like mango punch to it. Yeah. Hence the name. That was a beer that I had first, and it does have a mango punch. And it's pretty it's pretty tart as well. Yeah, we, we took the pH really, really low. I tested a bunch of other gozers in the market, the pH on them, and I kind of looked at what I really liked and found that it was really sour. Yeah. <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> <laughs> so we Are took it down sour. Uh, Sam mentioned sour beers and, beers and barrels. Um, so it's kind of, you guys going to put out some more sour beers over the next sort of 12 months, two years? Yeah, well, the, the our barrel program is like a long-term thing and we don't really have a time frame on it yet. It's when we feel like we've got the age and, you know, what's right for the actual beer. But some of the stuff in there is looking really, really cool. Um, but we want to grow that quite a lot. But to grow it, we need an off-site storage facility. So we're looking at the moment to try and get a, a barrel storage place that we can brew, store over there, then blend it up, take it back here, bottle it, or even bottle it somewhere else as well, just to keep the bottling line fresh. <laughs> um, and so you, you guys are completely packaging and, and bottling everything here? So, yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, we have the little bottling line around the corner there that we pull out and um, ha- hammer away. It's... Um, it's a good bottling line. It's a slow bottling line, but it's it's doing the job. Yeah. What's your batch size here? It's twelve hundred liter, a brew, or twelve hick, and then now we've got the two double tanks, so we double brew into them over t- two days. You can do it over one day, but it's a big day. Yeah, just before Christmas, I was here from seven in the morning till four the next morning. That's a du- that's a double Christ. brew day. Right. <laughs> and that's just getting ready for for the Christmas. Yeah, that's just basically. getting ready. Yeah. And just to see how far we can push it. Right. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Have you guys enjoyed opening a brewery and opening a tap room? Has it been a, a I guess it's been a long process, but has it been a fun process? Oh, fuck yeah, I loved it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. I mean, we've getting this open and ready in time was, you know, like right to the wire. We actually passed our health um, inspection the day of our opening. Um, 
and we'd failed it a couple of times before that for, <laughs> for odd reasons, <laughs> but um, nothing to worry about. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, it's constantly evolving. Like a lot of it, we were just, you know, to be honest, winging it and getting it done and making it happen. But um, yeah, I mean, when we walked in here, hired a um, cement um, saw and just cut cut a drain and then work the rest out around it. <laughs> That's you so sh- great. Like <laughs> so, so many <laughs> people that we show. talk to, like <laughs> the first uh, item of business is designing, working out all the dimensions of the perfect floor. And you guys just rolled up with a concrete saw and went, let's get it done, eh? <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, was that the best move or the worst move? <laughs> floor's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. right. Good. <laughs> well. If you look at a lot of other brewery floors, they're a lot worse than our one. <laughs> I'd say we're average, you know, <laughs> did, a, did a good job. Good result. Yeah. Just coming in, yeah. So what would you then, um, based on your experience, you know, contact brewing or, or starting out home brewing and then, then doing this, what would you recommend that, that people wanting to do something similar look at and, and do? How would they do it? Uh, I mean, the the brew pub model is, is good and it's rewarding. Um, Helps cash flow. Helps cash flow. Yeah, it definitely helped us <laughs> pay some of our setup costs, um, pulling pints. Yeah. Um, I mean, <coughs> we've both, yeah, you got to put the time in though. I mean, we both worked almost seven day weeks for coming on two years now. I would oh say yeah. a good piece of advice is don't have a family, have a real understanding girlfriend <laughs> yeah. and work your ass off. And it's there's no, there's no glamour. It's like we're here at all hours of the day, bottling, doing monotonous jobs. Cleaning mostly. Cleaning, covered in shit, just enjoying it. But if that's what you want to do, then I think the only piece of advice is go for it and just go as hard as you can. Well, now you've got this place uh, purring and you're thinking about um, a second venue, whatever it is, if it's just storage or something you can do some uh, production in. What are are your key factors now that you know what you've done here? What are you looking for in a second place? Hmm. It's a hard one. Yeah, <laughs> good question. <laughs> Maybe a bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, right. Fair enough. A couple of punters have wandered in, so yeah. well, we just lost Sam temporarily. Sam mentioned hop fields and vineyards uh, yeah. as well. Um, do you guys ever want to be at the point where you're producing everything you you brew from? It'd be it'd be nice, but it's a bit of a long shot. Yeah. But yeah. I guess Sam filled you guys in on the story that we've rented a little vineyard and we've got a chance to plant a little hot, hot field That's down so in the Where about is it? It's down in the Mornington Peninsula, not far from Paringa where Sam used to right. work. Yeah. How yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, and hopefully maybe we can store our barrels down there as well. we'll that'd see. be nice too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what sort of, um, do you know what varietals you're going to plant? Oh, so the vineyard's already planted. Oh, right, okay. So it was a pre-existing vineyard and we've leased it with another friend who's a winemaker. Um, and we've got, I think, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Gris. And then along with that, there's another couple of acres of just bare earth. And so we're going to put a little little hot field in there. And um, our business partner in that, he's got horses and stuff, so they're going to go on there as well. So we'll have a little Good farm opportunity. down there. That's great. And a salador as well, which will be really cool. And if we even if we store the beer on that property we can sell that through Salador so we can maybe have some sort of like like Pinot Noir aged fiend and <laughs> sell it to someone yeah, yeah sounds <laughs> fun um, five year plan any, any goals or what you about a Chardonnay that? chop yeah, Chardonnay chop that's yeah, a really I good I could do that actually, actually. Yeah. sorry I wasn't listening yeah. to anything since <laughs> I thought of it yeah. uh, five year plan for you guys do you have one yet five year plan it's, it's a hard one we've been just keeping our head above water for the last little while yeah. 
now I guess the next six months is time to take stock and think about where we want to go. Um, but we've never really wanted to take over the world in a sense. We want to be local, we want to be small, we want to be high quality and we want to keep a good price point and that's always been our thing from the start. We're never going to compete on price. Having said anyway. that, from like where we are looking in, it seems like you guys have like sort of caught fire. Do you <laughs> feel that here? Oh, I don't know. It's just... It's it's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in that, that sort of beer geek bubble, yeah. People are, you know, the, the shops being the one that. What was the award that we get awarded them? I can't remember. Most improved, maybe. Most improved, yeah. I think, yeah. We've got um, some very official awards that we do every year on the show, and um, yeah, and we, yeah, we, we most uh, unanimously thought the Hot Nation were most improved for that year. So yeah, yeah, awesome. Was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Um, and that was also like our transition year from contract to. Doing, doing everything ourselves. Well, which I think they were all the factors that we sort of. And I about think yeah, that's one of the things. Well. Yeah. Um, you know, being I guess, I'm I'm pretty cynical uh, at the best of times. And you know, when a, a brewery comes in as a sort of contract brewery, um, two winemakers, and you kind of think, well, you know, <laughs> what, like what are they here for? Are they just here to sort of cash in and, and whatever? And then um, you guys sort of kind of superseded that expectation, and, and you know, coming down here and tasting the beers fresh, it's just been like, oh, these guys are. You know, legit, their beers are, are all tasting really good. So, cheers, you make me blush. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, I guess, I wanted to ask before we before we wrap up, uh, the Footscray factor. Footscray's been in the news lately. Uh, Dave, you said you hadn't heard about no, this. No, so I was keen to get the full story. So, uh, on bas- basically, apparently, um, the locals are angry that the hipsters are moving into Footscray. Right. Um, for I guess listeners probably know that I, I live in Footscray as well, and so someone kicked in all the windows to Eight Bit, um, the burger place, and uh, threw some fish over Rudimentary, which is kind of a third wave coffee place, which is owned by like a third generation Vietnamese dude. So it's not like it's a hipster moving it's in. Yeah, no. Um, it's a great, great cafe though. Oh, hell. Is it ever. Ooh, um, breakfast there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, like when all that stuff's happening, you guys have a tap room and it's great. You've got a beard and, and craft beer is very hipster. <laughs> like, do you guys think, shit, is someone going to come and spray paint our door or what? Oh, it's definitely something to think about, but I feel like it. It's a tiny minority, and I don't feel like it's... It's like you're saying, you know, the cafe that got the rotten meat or whatever thrown over the backyard, they're, like, third generation. They are locals. They are they are the people of Footscray, so it's just a small little little glitch in the system, and basically it's a bunch of dicks, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of been my experience. But also that's what happens in the gentrification of every suburb that's up and coming, is the yeah. hipsters move in, make it desirable... And then people buy them out because they haven't got any money. Yeah. The hipsters aren't even really here yet. It's like it just seems to be mostly like property developers moving in, and, and like everywhere you look in Footscray. What a non-news story. Yeah, yeah. They've, the Age has had maybe four days worth of news out of it. Really? Um, Good lord. Four or five different articles. It's it's insane. Now I think we're both very aware that um, business has begun. Yeah. Uh, at Hop Nation, so we so might wrap it up there. Well, thank you so much for your time. Dunks just wandered off before we could say goodbye. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Sam, thanks for joining us. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks yeah, for dropping by. Yeah, much appreciated. Um, and yeah, keep up with the work and uh, yeah. We'll check in on you um, down the track. Sure see we'll see you good luck in the hottest 100 as well. Yeah. Oh, one yeah. quick thing. I noticed you guys on social media pushing the hottest 100 votes or asking for that. Was your strategy to, to sort of suggest people to vote for one beer or...? or um, look, t- to be honest, Steph takes care of that side of okay. stuff for us and she's... Props to Steph. She's a key part of our business. So um, who's Steph in this? Um, she's actually she. So she started with us from designing the logo in 2014 and and getting us going until um. um and she works. She actually lives in Canada um, yeah. f- 
friend of ours. Um, I've been working with her for two years, speak to her almost every day, and I haven't met her, but I'm meeting her next week, so it should be fun. What um, a weird little uh, relationship. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so she's part owner of the business now, and you know, and she's put in a lot of hard work for not much to get us going, but now she's on the payroll. But nice. you know, she's in, she believed in us at the beginning, which is great, and you what need those story. kind of people. Um, so, do you have any like pipe dream to put a footprint in Canada? Um, oh, there's a lot. Dream. There's, there's a negative there's a lot of pipe yeah. dreams, yeah. but um, I like how we've asked them about expanding internationally, like New Zealand and Canada. Like, <laughs> why aren't you guys doing that yet? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm trying to get Steph. To I come came here. in and said, you know, you know what? It's a little bit uh, cramped in here, Canada. Next. <laughs> <laughs> it is minus 22 there today. I think. Yeah. So, um, it's a big country, though. You know, so much room. <laughs> cool. Anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? Um, Really. What should everyone <laughs> vote for in the Hottest 100? Uh, oh, I guess from our point of view, I mean, we really enjoyed launching the chop this year. Yeah, and get behind um, the chop, everyone. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. But um, you know, it's all a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. awesome. That well, took the number one spot in mine, by the way. So yeah. it's number two in mine. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. I uh, really appreciate it, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to drinking a couple of nice fresh beers after this. Cheers. All right, cheers. cheers guys. Welcome back. We are back. Hopefully that sounded all right. There was a, that background noise. I think it sounded all right. Yeah, I think uh, there was some good mic techniques going on. So. Definitely. Definitely. I did the uh, the sideways just like I was spitting some rhymes. Oh, yeah. My mic technique. Right. Yep. Where do you put your pinky finger if you're doing that? Right up, baby. Right up? Yeah, yeah right. it's like I'm the king or the queen. Pinky's up. Oh, so you just hold like your index finger and your thumb and then you like splay the rest. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you like spit Like you're bars. taking a fancy sip of tea. No, you're spitting bars. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not tea, Dave. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I don't know the hip-hop vernacular. Now, thanks to the guys from Hop Nation. Definitely. Um, we I'll got put a late notice and uh, <coughs> for a brief period of time before they traded. So and we, it was we just very got generous of them to give them. We just got our first hop, uh, uh, sorry, chop of the day. I think, like, our plan was chop all day, every day. But that's probably not that um, practical. So, yeah. Um, oh, I, now I mentioned there was one piece of news that I forgot to mention. Ooh. Well, it's not so much news. I was at a barbecue, uh, yeah, kind of a Christmas Day barbecue sure. in, in Echuca. Just re- was regional. it warm? Yeah, it was like 30 plus degrees. Yeah, okay. In regional Victoria, lovely house. And probably about 30 to 50 people there, um, you know, throughout the day. It like a lot. Oh, so like rolling in and out. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, but mostly I'd say 30 averaging, maybe even a little bit more. A lot of people I didn't know. Um, the Great Northern beer, the Great Northern Lager, yeah. the CUB branded one that's kind of this uh, yeah. branded as being from up. Mid-strength yep. lager, yeah. Fucking shitloads of people drinking that one. Yeah. All the kind of dudes in their 20s um, were, were smashing down. Do you reckon it's because it's cheap, a cheap case and people don't realise it's mid-strength? Uh, I think it's a cheap case. It's got that Corona vibe. It's been marketed very similar to Corona. If you're it's marketing. cans, right, though? No, no, it's bottles. Oh, I think I think there are cans of it. Yeah, maybe. Um, but and apparently that's oh, that annoying ad where they keep putting the six pack in the water in the stream. Is that that one? Oh, I don't think I've seen that ad. Yeah, but there's a lot of sort of outback Australia or beach yeah, okay. fishing and things like that. Um, and I've heard it's kind of been their biggest seller for a while. Like, oh, not their biggest seller, yeah, but it's but coming like up. It's doing well. And seeing people smashing bottles of it, and people were sma- like a lot of people were. Wow. It was very interesting, Neat. noticeable. All right, Dave. Give me a recommendation. Um, what do you want us to begin with? 
Have you got a beer one yet? I do. All actually. right, let's go with that. All right. Um, my beer is going to be one that we just had. I'm going to recommend the Buzz American Red Ale from Hop Nation. Um, anyone that listens to us knows what we like. This is an aberration from that, but it sort of reminds you that when you have a good example, a good fresh example of something outside um, your wheelhouse, mm. it's a bloody good thing because it was delicious. Yeah. Excellent. I, I really enjoyed it. I yeah. couldn't tell you when I bought a red ale last. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I bought it. And one. it was lovely. Red ale was kind of my, oh, sorry, red lager probably, but, you know, crafty, faux craft, red, tasty, malty beer was my kind that of... That was a jam. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Um, you are. You got a beer? Yeah, I got a beer. Uh, so it's one that I have never liked. I've tried it a few times on tap, uh, and I tried it in the can for the first time. Ooh, Feral's Warhog. Oh, okay, great recommendation. In the can. I, I agree with you. Fuck, yeah, it was good. Do you know if they've changed anything over there? Possibly. I don't know, but um, on tap, I could not give a shit about. I that remember beer. going. Who cares? Give me yeah, a barrel smitted hog, please. Yeah. When I had the can, I'm like, I've heard a lot of people raved about it, and I thought, oh, let's give it a shot. Delicious. Yeah, it is good. Oh, good man. Wreck. If, if that good was wreck. always in my fridge, I'd, I'd be happy all day. Give us a non-beer, Dave. Um, all right. It is the time of year for it. Chuck it on Channel 10 any night in summer. If you're in Watch Australia. Watch a bit of Big Bash. Yeah, I don't know what the channel is uh, you know, in New Zealand or overseas, but it is being broadcast internationally. But... It is the pure, it's the purest, in purest sense, it's entertainment for the cricket fan. Um, and it's like, you get the polar, right now you're getting the polar opposites because it's at the end of a test series and at night you can watch Big Bash cricket. But like, I don't know, it's just so entertaining. This is a particularly good season. Um, it's something where you can just tune in for two hours and you see an enthralling contest. Even if it's not, like for instance, last night, the Heat won their match one wicket down and in 14 overs. But Chris Lynn was just like knocking sixes over the park. 11 sixes. It's insane. So um, uh, there's something highly entertaining about it. Whenever you watch cricket, if you don't love the art of test matches, you want to see more big hitting and faster scoring, well, that's exactly what you get uh, with the big bash. So tune in and watch it. It's fun. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've loved watching the Big Bash this year. Uh, I think I've watched every match. Um, even if I'm not, you know, if I'm doing something else, I will have it on the background. There it's been, been great. There have been belters. And also, the coverage has been great. Uh, Channel 10 have, and and it's a fucking nice change from the Astra, uh, the Channel 9 I've got a couple of um, strong opinions about the commentary team. Okay. Um, I think Mark Howard, or Howie, as he's known, because everyone's got fun nicknames on the fun coverage. I think he's um, a underappreciated gem. Because I think in his heart of hearts, he hates all that nonsense. Yeah. But Channel 10 have gone, listen, it's a fun, entertaining thing. You've got to be a bloke. Fleming and Mark War are the worst. But they're... They it's so bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't find them as bad as the Channel 9 ones. Uh, yeah, and ma- maybe enough. it's because the people around them aren't are willing to... I think to so. To yeah, that. fair enough. And also, it's a shorter fun, yeah, it's a okay. fun thing. Um, also, give a shout out to Channel 10 for having Mel Jones, the, the woman's test player, as a lead commentator for yep, a, at like least one game that I saw. Central commentary position, um, yeah. She's West Indian, like her father's West Indian. So, seeing you know, a woman of colour commentating a cricket match in Australia, 
is. I'm a little bit uh, bummed that um, Mel McLaughlin, another Mel, is not doing yep. it this year, but she went on to bigger and better things doing Channel commentary 7. for the Olympics. Yeah, so yeah. So she's uh, off the table there, but, but she was fantastic as well. Yeah, it's great seeing. It's great that it's not not always just blokey stuff. So yep. shout out to that. Um, seeing people that aren't just white males represented on cricket commentary. I'm all for that. All right. And also, Waka Yunus at Channel 9. It's great hearing him. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. No nonsense. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, did you have an on... I do have an on beer. Um, I don't know if I've recommended this before, but I'm going to do it again. Let's do it. It's popped up on Netflix, and I started re-watching uh, Freaks and Geeks, the television show from late uh, early 2000s, maybe. Or late 90s, either one of those two. Yeah. The oh, show I think that 99 to 2000. Careers. Yeah. yeah, 18 episodes, uh, and it has... Uh, Seth Rogen, James, James Franco, Franco yeah. um, who's that tall guy? Jason Segel, uh, the lady from what's her name from uh, Bloodline. Bloodline? Well, her name's Meg Rayburn in Bloodline. I don't know what her actress name is. Yeah, Rashida Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. She's only in one, but it's such a good show. It it nails uh, high school vibes, and just really good storytelling. Really fun. It's Judd Apatow produced it. Paul Feig, who did the Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters yep. movie, and all that. So. It's a really fun way to look back at how those people... And it's on Netflix now. Yeah. Well, everyone can access it then. Everyone can Jump get it. Jump on board. All right, let's wrap this shit up. I think we're um, done, yeah. Hop Nation, I'll put their links to their social media. We've got to ask Please them. Please do. Yeah, we didn't go through that. Dave, what are your social media oh, links? Uh, at Ale of a Time on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, aleofatime.com, Luke at aleofatime.com for emails. Dave. Great. Dave at aleofatime.com if you want to email me specifically... Uh, Melb Dave on Instagram and Twitter. Get at me. Uh, I might even respond. You never know. Who knows? Um, I would love it if you gave us a rating on iTunes if you haven't That'd already. That'd be nice. Or, or I'd love you to just email some comments to us, suggestions of topics, news items if you are living outside of Melbourne and are feeling underappreciated Definitely. and underrepresented. Uh, because we d- we're here to help. And we're here to provide information to everyone else. I feel like you're getting delirious in this uh, heat up here. Yeah, I know I am a little bit. It is really warm. Let's wrap this this baby up. Definitely. uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everyone had a great uh, holiday period. Um, And we'll see you on the flip side. Never signed off like that before, but at this time, yeah.